We didn't oh. wait. Wait till sh- okay, yeah, we start the recording. recording. <laughs> what are you okay. singing? Wait, what's a song from well, Spring from Breakers? No, I'm the, the, oh, the what's the, a good one from? Oh, Britney. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, so you don't you know want, any you sing it. Britney Spears? No, I know Britney Spears. Do the thing you're doing. It's funny. From, yeah, but it's not from Spring Break. It's funny. Okay, fine. It's like our what? Um, um, what is that? Um, Wall Street? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Wall Street. Never seen it. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, Like, I don't know. Be, like, I have anything. I think you have to talk. You'll have to talk into the mic. Sorry. I also have to say but full, it's fine. full sentences. No. <laughs> this is. Is it is whack? Is, <laughs> is this is whack? <laughs> is, is it this, whack? Is this whack? Is it whack? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what is our podcast? Is it whack? We're called Is It Whack? Yes, and that is the name of the podcast. <laughs> it is a. <laughs> Does someone else want? To we look. Movies? We look at movies, often polarizing movies. And decide whether or not they're whack. And whack can mean a lot of things. You know? Is it good? Is it bad? But also uh, other elements of whack, as you'll see in the podcast. Yes. And we kind of take on our own (laughs) definitions. Yeah. Uh, And uh, this week, I have chosen the movie. And it is Spring Breakers. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first episode of our podcast. So um yeah my name is adam i'm hannah oh i'm seb oh okay i'm nara oh Woo. <laughs> oh um Woo. and what are three interesting things about you no <laughs> <laughs> i hate that <laughs> i was always so excited to give my three that's honestly my worst nightmare school. is when the teacher would be like and we're all gonna stand up and tell her the little thing about ourselves i was ourselves. really good at this i can never really think of anything actually interesting about myself to i would always consider. just go as late as i could and then just do something very different from what everyone else was doing because oh. usually you'd fall into a pattern of like people yeah. that's kind of say I, the same thing i would just like do that like awkward like oh i don't know i guess i like whatever <laughs> or you know Switching up the pattern always gets a laugh, too. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If everyone's like, oh, uh, I'm Adam and my favorite color is blue. Oh, my favorite color is green and I'm Michael. Oh, I'm whatever and my favorite color is maroon. And then for you to just come in and say. I'm sad my favorite color is zebra. <laughs> <laughs> One time. See, it's funny. I was at a job. I was, a, like, I was starting a new job. Everyone was going around and it was like two truths and a lie or something i hate that too and somebody <laughs> said that they were like the champion of like taekwondo in like ontario or something and then i also said that as mine i, was like, <laughs> I thought i was the taekwondo champion um for those listening at home this is sub bragging about the time he made a joke, <laughs> I made a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> not making a new joke now just explaining <laughs> it was a good time uh, so as we mentioned, this episode is Spring Breakers, a yeah. uh, highly polarizing movie when it came out. I think still to this day. It remains polarized. I don't think it's had like one of those turnarounds where people are like, we misunderstood this movie. 
I think people are still like, what is this movie? I'm excited because I think based on the letterboxed scores, oh, the letterboxed I've seen, scores I think we're split. Amazing. Huh? The letterbox scores are amazing because it's like a little wave. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> at the table, I think at the table we're split. Probably. Are we? Are we going to... Um, s- should we oh, introduce the movie, though? Yeah, can I summarize? Well, Do you want to give cultural my, context? No, it's, it's my pick, yeah, so... Yeah, I just want to summarize the plot. Yeah, no. The plot no, it's context. my pick. No, I think, I think, I think we shouldn't summarize the plot. I think Hannah should just outline why. Let me why talk it about pick. it. It was my pick. Yeah, but can I summarize the plot? Why? After? I like to do it. <laughs> I bet you have like a joke. Are you gonna no, summarize the plot of my film? Can you summarize? Can you do that? I will try. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Spring Breakers came out in 2012. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival, I think, or Con, one of those ones, and then it played at TIFF, I think, too. Um, it was directed by Harmony Corinne. It stars James Franco, Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, and others. And <laughs> this is disrespect. Those, those <laughs> okay, fine. Ashley Benson of Pretty Little Liars. Rachel oh. Corinne, Harmony Corinne's wife. A rapper, but I forgot which rapper. Gucci Mane. And... Um, yeah, put some respect on Gucci. Sorry, I forgot. And and Brittany from Glee has a really <laughs> small part for some reason. Um, and yeah, um, can I tell the story of when I went to go see it? Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> I went to go see it when I was fifteen. I think it was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters, and I had to buy tickets. When you were fifteen. Illegal. Yeah. That's illegal. I bought tickets to 21 and over. Me too. Which ironically wasn't 21 and over. You'd think that'd be (laughs) alright. And then we snuck into Spring Breakers. And my friend and I, I think we're both so uncomfortable the entire time. But also just like completely like amazed because it's this insane spectacle. And we'd never seen a movie like that before. And also I'd never seen a movie that like inappropriate before and also like like literally gabriella from high school musical was doing cocaine and having like pool threesomes and i was like and this would have only been a couple years after high school musical right when did high school musical um well like, no i'm pretty i'm pretty sure the like third high school musical movie like the last installment came out the same year Mm-mm. no no it came out nine oh, yeah okay. <laughs> and um nerd <laughs> and i remember because it came out and all my friends went to see it, but I had to do my babysitter's course, so I couldn't. To s- High School Musical three, okay. And but Selena had just finished doing like Wizards of Waverly Place, I think the year before or something. And this her, was her big break, and her mom was the one that told her to do it because her mom was like really like a young mom, and she had been a big fan of Harmony Corinne's other movies. Can you imagine your mom That's- telling you to do a Harmony Corinne movie? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but. I can uh, imagine my mom not knowing who Harmony <laughs> Corinne is. Yeah, same. Um, and so, yeah, we were watching these, like, stars that we grew up watching that, like, represented, like, childhood innocence. And then they broke out into doing crazy stuff. And then we wanted to do crazy stuff afterwards. And when we left the theater, my friend and I were, like, uh, on the Queensway. And we were, like, do- reenacting the, like, get down on the motherfucking ground bitch thing to each other <laughs> like two like tiny 15 year old girls like at like 11 p.m at night on a tuesday like 
like sticking each other up. It was really dumb. Anyways, Seb, do you want to summarize the plot? Well, <laughs> how, how did you guys all see it the first time? I also bought a ticket to 21 and over, and we tried to sneak into Spring Breakers, but the theaters were not marked. So we had to actually go to 21 and over. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'll see it soon. And then I saw it for the first time yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. So when I, when it came out, I was a little baby. I, it came out, I, I was like 11 or 10 when it came out. So obviously I was like not really in my... No. Like, oh my realm. God. Like I was kind of like, like I remember seeing like promotion for it, but I was just sort of like, okay. Like it's just another movie that I won't see because I'm a baby. Um, <laughs> but then I watched it on... Uh, for, uh, Thursday, yeah, Thursday night for the first time, our babysitting. Oh. And I was <laughs> terrified that the child would wake up and walk into the room or that the child's parents would come home like super early. I made sure to like make sure the kid was asleep. Like the kid went to bed and I left a good like half hour before I started watching the film, which gave me enough time that there would also be like a solid like 45 minutes before the parents came home. But I was terrified that somebody was going to like walk in and be like, what are you watching? Yeah, that's uh. so, but yeah, it was, it's not the worst thing I've seen. Well, <laughs> like it was, a, it was the, the movie itself wow. was, I enjoyed watching. It was just the circumstances in which I was watching it made it, that sounds stressful as fuck yeah uh yeah i went to go see it opening night i remember there being a lot of excitement about it um and i remember like i guess what would i have been in grade 11 yeah yeah uh i just didn't get it at all i was just like oh that's kind of that's kind of weird i remember a lot of people walking out during the theater um during the movie in the theater (laughs) You can't walk out during a theater. <laughs> Come on, guys. Who said that? Um, but I watched it again yesterday, and I really like it. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. Seb? Summarize. <laughs> oh, plot summary. <laughs> this is the plot summary section. Dude, uh, I better not hear a single fucking joke in there that you pre-prepared. No. I okay. just like to summarize things. I'll do, a, I'll do any or, or all movies. Like Four it. friends at college decide to... Uh, they want to go to spring break, so they decide to rob a local uh, diner in order to do that. And then they sort of get on a high of criminal activity, and uh, they uh, are arrested and are bailed out by a drug dealer, kingpin rapper named Alien, uh, played by James Franco, who further kind of brings them into his world. Um, should I get into, like... What happens later in the movie, or just no? I the think it's a good. That's good. Um, that was a killer. Oh, I would. I would like to put. <laughs> Where's in, the jokes? Though? I, I'd like an editor's note. Selena Gomez's character does not rob the restaurant. That's true. That's true. Really? Okay. It's a Anyways, summary. It's I, not a synopsis. <laughs> can I add another note? So, um, I was really entertained by the uh, Netflix description of the movie because they described um, Alien as. A weird dude. <laughs> They're like four teenage girls get brought into like crime by this weird dude. All Netflix descriptions <laughs> reek of the person having to write like eight thousand in that. Yeah, They're so probably bad. not like, having seen the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just watch the trailer. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, that kind of like, seems that like that is a weird dude. <laughs> He's definitely a weird dude. Yeah. Um. So, what do you guys think? Is it whack? Is Spring Breakers whack? Or perhaps? I'm just throwing this out there. Is it not whack? Can I start? <laughs> Please. I'm going to say I 
not whack. The not whack bomb on that one. <laughs> Sebastian. This movie really surprised me because I think it's actually condemning in a really fascinating way all the things it got knocked for like glorifying at the time. And it gave me this very strange feeling at the end that life is precious and not to be wasted, which is not at all what I expected like coming in. I also think it's very much about well, we can get into this, but I think it's very much about that glorification. Yeah. yeah. And like what uh, that does to the the psyche. Mm-hmm. glorifying others lives glorifying your own like idealized life Mm -hmm. and And so media too yeah definitely especially uh yeah the way you would see people's lives online that's why spring break is such a great metaphor for the whole thing because like that's what that's the ultimate like oh that looks like the craziest time the best time it's how the movie starts Yeah. yeah 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 but we're jumping ahead a little bit i would personally say um yeah it's a little whack but in a great way i love it me too. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I think the film itself is not whack. I just think that like the Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens like interaction part of it is whack. I just think I just think the fact that they are in that film is whack, but the rest of it is like not whack. I think that was definitely one of the whack like parts of it that really like worked towards making it like a buzz more of a theme movie. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. if it had different stars, it would not have like had the cultural no. like. It was an event. It, it was a big deal. I remember looking at sales on Tumblr and being like, <laughs> "Can't wait to see this." Sebastian, what's your take? About which... You didn't say if it was whack or not. Yeah, I don't think you said if it oh, was whack or not. No, I don't think it's Wait, whack. did you think it was whack or not? I don't think... Sorry, which one did you think? I don't think it's did whack. To say it. I think it's secretly kind of a conventional movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it reminded me kind of of uh, Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can hear, see that. Hear me out on this. I'm listening. Or uh, Danny Brown's Triple X album, where both of them... It starts off and it's kind of like you see the highest high of this thing. Like in train spotting, it's like, look how awesome doing heroin is. Uh, but then there's like this really stark turn halfway through where you're like, wait a second, that's not actually good at all. That looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this does not look fun. Yeah. Um, and I think it's actually very similarly structured. Like the first 30 minutes of the movie, I think, is the thing that like everyone expected it to be. Everyone expected the whole of Spring Breakers to be, which is like, totally hedonistic like living out your wildest fantasy of spring break and then there is this sharp turn once alien starts to get more into it where it's like oh this isn't really uh really the spring break that i want to this isn't really all that good and like when i when i watched it this time because it had been a couple years um when i watched it in high school i used to watch it all the time i remember smoking um weed from an apple and like watching it and thinking I was like so sick. All the time? No, just once. Like my friend and I were like, my parents are out of town. Let's smoke some weed. We're not cool enough to own anything to smoke weed with. So we watched a YouTube video on how to make an apple pipe. And the guy in the YouTube video was wearing like a balaclava, ironically, to like cover his identity. Um, And yeah, we were like obsessed with it because we did not have the point of view where we were able to... um, look at it from the perspective that it was like trying to say something bigger than what it was showing so for us it was just like this is dope and you know 
uh, I think it had a really weird influence over us. But then, yeah, rewatching it this time, it almost reminded me of like a biblical story because, I mean, obviously there are the clear religious like symbolism. I mean, Selena Gomez's character represents like goodness, I think, within the film. And the when she leaves, when like the godly character leaves, that's when things get really bad and really crazy. And I think I looked at Alien as like a dark angel and even says to mm-hmm. Selena Gomez, he's like, you were praying, you were praying for me. And then I came and I heard, listened to your prayers and I saved you or something like that. And and then she leaves and then uh, even, and, and then I would say like, someone one of the people in selena gomez's church group tells her that um that vanessa hudgens and ashley benson's characters brit and candy have like demon blood or something and i think that they are literally supposed to be the devils and like like they are supposed to be like I, i feel like people think that alien is supposed to be this dark influence in it but i actually think that he's a lot less evil than like they are i think they are the driving force of the like evil within the film and once they don't have the restrictions of like goodness or whatever in their lives like this like hedonistic paradise that like the movie like kind of ends in uh is i don't know like i I don't know enough about the bible to make any exact comparisons actually (laughs) well also like with your theory about how it like sort of like flips the script where you're like these two girls are supposed to be like good and then are being corrupted by like alien um like can also like just translate in like different ways like just that like like that like flip of like perception where it's like i think you sort of go into the film especially when it like how the film like repeatedly recontextualizes like different bits of like story and info Mm -hmm. Um, like even going in where you see like alien as this like like I think seeing like four like young women who are like want to get out of their like college town because they don't like it you can like sort of see like you sort of get the perception that they're looking for like validation or like fulfillment of some sort Mm -hmm. but then at the end it just sort of you can see how like insecure alien is like in his entire act and he is getting validation from these girls who like need him but then when they don't need him anymore you can see it's like oh yeah you're like actually this character was really sad and helpless and not at all like what the archetype that he's like supposed to fulfill is and i think there's a lot of credit to be given to vanessa hudgens and ashley benson but i would say particularly vanessa hudgens like their performances there is just i feel like there's almost like this pure like absolutely in control but like soulless like look in her eyes when she is interacting with alien because she knows like they make it clear and i want to get into that scene where with the gun Mm -hmm. on the bed because i think that's a pivotal scene and it shows a lot about the characters but i think that people might perceive this movie as like these girls like being corrupted and they're being on display in this patriarchal sense but i think that they are very much in control the entire time well they just become the versions of themselves that they almost like were fantasizing about from the very start like when they when they rob that place the first time uh they're already like yeah they're already the people that will see yeah later on in the movie it's just that they don't actually have all the means to like go through with it but now they've like they're doing very similar things at the very end of the movie but now they're just actually pulling a real trigger and i think 
another thing is that like you know spoiler alert but in the last scene something that is very telling is that angel dies or not angel alien dies immediately yeah like he sets up this entire thing and he's down (laughs) immediately and the girls go in no protection no nothing no experience And you see other people shooting back and just nothing. They're indestructible. Their other friend got shot. They've somehow, I think that they, like, like, I think the idea that they would be the ones corrupted is wrong because I think they're, they are almost like, uh, immortal, like, Okay, I'm really going into this, like, devil metaphor, but I genuinely (laughs) think I'm loving it. I think it's there. Well, it's also like, okay, all of the, like, biblical stuff, I know is like specifically from like Neil Gaiman Sandman comics, um, <laughs> but it was like it's just it, Jesus Christ superstar for me. Yeah, um, but it's also like there's that thing where it's like, like the devil or like Satan or whatever isn't actually like evil. It's just like somebody who was cast out of like the mm. heaven. So it's like if that's supposed to be like alien who is like again doesn't fit in like in this place where he like didn't fit in with like like he says he grew up like as like the only white person in like a black neighborhood which it's alien so that could be like a lie like it doesn't matter but as this character who sees that he doesn't fit in anywhere and then sort of being like if these two girls like are demons that's why they have so much control because they're like comfortable in this space and they're comfortable with who they are like if you're gonna follow along with like that like biblical like idea like because like it's sort of like demons are like meant to be in hell and they are meant to be in this sort of like dark like gritty world whereas he is not meant to be there he just like ended up there yeah oh that's cool um also i think even like what's telling about them is in the and i never noticed this until this time i saw it but when we first meet the characters they're in class and they're like writing notes to each other that are like i want dick and like simulating blowjobs and like well whatever and the class that they're in is a class on the civil rights movement <laughs> which i think is like if you, also if you want to get into a conversation about like race and spring breakers i think is really important but also just t- thinking about the types of people they are that they look so bored and like you'd think they were taking like a trigonometry class but like it's i, I don't know i feel like it's like something that like you'd have to yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> my my argument is No, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I can I give my angle which I think is slightly related? Yeah. yeah. I just feel like with Harmony Korean and I've only seen the beach film otherwise. But I feel like there's this thing he does where it's like it's not really fully characters that we're watching. It almost feels like at least at first, feels like we're watching like the culture. It's like where are we yeah. at culturally? Mm-hmm. And it's like why do we want the things that we want yeah. and like what happens when we get them? And I feel like there's this thing and it, it was really surprising for Harmony Corinne, I feel like to say this, but the idea that Faith, the character named Faith leaves as in we don't have like religious guidance anymore yeah. and then look look what happens. I I thought that was like really surprising, but I feel like the idea is like there is no guidance beyond culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if our culture is pushing us in this direction... Uh, like what happens when we actually get to the American dream, which they keep hitting over and over again, yeah. that that uh, both uh, James Franco and Gucci Mane are the American dream. But even James Franco admits that they're walking nightmares at the yeah. same time, mm-hmm. that they've achieved everything that they want to, but there's nothing left and yeah. it's empty. 
and that like they want to, i think when gucci Mane is holding his baby in that mansion in front of a giant pile of weed and he's like they're taking food from my baby's mouth my baby's starving and it's like <laughs> these are the guys that you know supposedly like have the monopoly over like this area and mm-hmm. yet like i think there is this feeling of never enough yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah to the um, point where they're killing their best friends they admit that they're best oh my friends. god i <laughs> when james franco's like i gotta shoot my <laughs> best friend <laughs> but it's almost like it's almost like out of boredom or something there's nothing left to do oh yeah, yeah. no they completely. Just have to fight each other and that's what leads the girls there too is boredom they, there's nothing that indicates that there's something bad about their lives mm-hmm. other than that it is not satisfying to mm-hmm. them um and i think you should definitely watch kids because kids sense a very similar although i would say instead of like a religious guidance it's almost like the the idea of like parental right guidance like when when we are our most hedonistic versions of ourselves are left to roam without any kind of like moral compass mm-hmm. what happens right when we can just pursue what we want and yeah and i don't mean that i i think it's like a pro religion movie or anything oh, no, i just I know. think yeah. it's like an observation of like well it's a lot just of, like yeah what is there to like ground us to like moral behavior yeah, yeah. now like if, now that most people have rejected or a lot yeah. of people have rejected religion and it's really like i mean i've thought about that before too where uh it's like what really does cause you to like want to be a good person like mm-hmm. it just has to be out of the goodness of your heart but if everything is like like, well, if you're not, if you don't believe in any kind of like afterlife or anything, like it has to just be out of the goodness of your heart to want to do uh, nice things. But if you do exist in like a culture that celebrates like not being nice necessarily or like it promotes these kind of violent images or this just like completely uh, go wild lifestyle, mm-hmm. then become pretty susceptible to doing bad things for sure mm-hmm. but I also, and there's nothing to like check you and i think it's interesting i'm not sure what my opinion is yet about what he's trying to say but i know that the cultural references used within this film i think all supply a lot of significance um I think one of the ones that stands out to me is they never t- say girls gone wild specifically, but everything it does feel for sure. Mm-hmm. Like a girl's, especially the first like 30 minutes. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even when they're in the parties in the hotel rooms, not only like is everything looking like a girl's gone wild, but then the filming style they will change. To video, I, I yeah. yeah. And you see guys with different types of recording devices. Like there is this very performative um thing going on um so i think and this would have been like a little bit after like the girls gone wild like really era of the early 2000s and i think britney is also really important there um because britney britney is interesting because she is similar to selena gomez and vanessa hudgens and that she is this disney girl who like you know went down a dark path and i think that like considering that that these girls are the age where they would have idolized Britney as little girls and then seen her transformation as they like came of age I think is like really important also I love the idea that 
<laughs> alien says that she is an angel on earth if there ever was one which tells you the type of world this is that if we are talking about religion britney spears right. is holy mm-hmm. um yeah i think britney is really important i think the idea of when they are going to rob the restaurant and they say to each other pretend it's a fucking video game mm-hmm. um yeah i think the well, one, it's like shot like a movie, like when you watch it from the perspective of the girl in the car mm. watching them as she goes through it. And I I feel like he's p- trying to say something about how we do associate like violence in movies and video games with violent behavior. And like going back to this idea of like people being corruptible, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. I feel like I need someone to like jump onto this point because I'm not <laughs> sure where I'm going. <laughs> I think the diner scene, I feel like there's almost like um, in the diner scene, it's shot from the getaway car and you don't see how violent they're being fully. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they're, we're being shielded from the reality of, of the violence and the characters are. And then later we see what actually happened inside, uh, which is much worse than we're led to believe. So maybe we're... Uh, if we have this detachment, and it is, I did not think of that, but it is like you're watching, or the character is watching a movie because yeah. it's through this big window that you mm-hmm. see the robbery. And it's really easy to be like, that's so funny. Like, Yeah, well, and that's cool, and you're you're detached from what's actually happening. But then when they perform it for Selena Gomez in that parking lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, then you, and then they show it inside the diner. Yeah. And you Weird. can also see how scared she is because yeah. she knows that they Feels did freaky. this yeah. through the entire time, but she's just like, you guys, like, that's bad, but you know, but then when she's sees it like she's physically shook and i think that's really yeah i think it's also like one of those things is like i think just because of like the language of the editing of the film um like seeing that um like that moment like through the windows like in the car with her driving around you sort of see where it's like like everyone was saying like sort of like adam what you're saying where it's like what makes you be a good person sort of that thing like this movie is pointing out like it's just like depends on how you see the world is like how you're gonna act like how you're exposed to the world like informs how you're gonna act because it's like they might like that like that girl obviously like she leaves the group after a little while but it's like it's because she i guess it's sort of like you can tell from the very beginning that she was never really invested in it like she's not invested in this lifestyle she's like a medium between the two girls and like selena gomez sort of thing but Mm -hmm. it's sort of like she doesn't have a problem with it, but she also like doesn't need this sort of thing mm-hmm. where it's like, that's, she's like, she's, in, I think she's sort of like the gray area between them all where she's not a good character or a bad character. She's just like trying to navigate where it's like, I guess also it's like this, this movie, it's like, are the characters good or bad or are they just like selfish kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I also think that like, she almost like, that's also the position we're feeling here. Right. Because we're like, we selena gomez keeps telling us these things are bad and then she leaves and we're like we know they're bad but we want to keep watching until mm-hmm. things get bad for us i was which very surprised when she left her. yeah who selena gomez i was really surprised uh-huh. it's not what happened in this kind of movie because she was like the moral compass for yeah a lot of it. and then it's like oh wait a second she seems like the main the character yeah well, she also fulfills the archetype of like if you thought this movie was about girls that like go on spring break and she's like, we really found ourselves. And she's the other ones like say it, but it's that I think they're just saying, yeah, yeah. she's the only one that really believes it. Right. And I think maybe 
us slowly losing the characters we relate more to is us also slowly giving up like our kind of moral like like our standards you kind Mm -hmm. of have to let them go by the end of it if you want to keep watching this movie yeah but i think the girls who leave win i think that's the argument being made by the movie oh yeah when they, they understand that they can't do this forever that it was a temporary thing that they managed to like get away with but the girls who stay even though they survive and end up as drug kingpins and rich and whatever um they have these phone calls with their moms at the end. Yeah. And um, Ashley Benson says, I think the secret to life is being a good person. And I think that's actually what the movie is pushing, that you can't like keep chasing these like yeah. hedonistic things forever. It doesn't, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn, I want to talk about kids now because they're, yeah. <laughs> um, but I won't. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I just want to like, I never really noticed how good her performance was, but I thought Selena Gomez killed it. And I feel like she's not someone we talk about, like whether or not she can act a lot. Mm-hmm. She's really good in Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's so good. She, at honestly, that. she's probably the best part of it. That's not a, even a joke. When James Franco yeah. is like touching her face, and they have that moment, I felt even though I've seen that movie a million times, I felt physically uncomfortable and I really, really actually believed her. So um, good job, Selena. Yeah, amazing scene. And it's like, I kept waiting for him to become charming and turn her around because that's what usually happens in this kind of movie. Yeah. But he doesn't because he's not smart enough. Yeah. He's like a bad manipulator. And he's just trying... He's also just trying to be the idea of himself that he wants to be also. And you really get the sense in that scene and then more as it goes on, but it's like, this guy yeah he's not this like manipulative guy that he even that he thinks he is and what we assume he's gonna be yeah exactly like he's just this loser who like uh is a loser (laughs) yeah and i think i think what like like candy and and brit like see that immediately like they've locked into that because even I don't know if they're attracted to Alien. I think they're attracted to the lifestyle. Because before they meet him, there's that moment where they have all the money on the bed after they rob. And Candy says, all this money makes my pussy wet. And then when they have their first, like, embrace with uh, Alien, it flashes back to that scene because he's got all this money on the bed. And I think, like, that... They're not attracted to him. They're attracted to what he has. Yeah, for sure. The idea of him. Yeah. And like, I mean, the movie is about excess, basically. Like, they want everything. And even when he dies, they don't even look back. They don't even stop. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, they do go back and kiss him. They, at the they end. revisit yeah, him at yeah. the end. But that might be more of a gesture of more of like a thank you, yeah. I think, rather yeah. than them being sad. I think it's more just like we're going to carry on your legacy Mm -hmm. kind of thing, like a passing on. Yeah. Also, after he dies, it's weird that they go and kill all those people because they have nothing. Right. Yeah. It's not their vendetta. But that's the thing that's so interesting about that to me is like there are no, they have no stakes in it. Like it's not like, what are they going to get out of going in there and murdering everyone? No. But it is just like the fulfillment of their fantasy. I also just, it's really interesting to me because Okay, I don't know if this means anything, but when their friend gets shot, it's not um, Gucci Mane that shoots them. It's the girl he's with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this really matters right now, but I'm writing a paper like with a feminist critique on this movie and like the fact that like 
okay, the gun being a phallic symbol is very prominent in this yeah. film. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that it wasn't a guy that shot right. her. I don't know if that matters here. Adam, you can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't work at all, but do you think it's possible that woman is supposed to be like his version of the girls? Like it's someone he found and then she... I don't think so because when you go to Gucci Mane, when you look into his world and you see him with those two women um, who are performing for him in the same way that like Brit and Candy do for Alien. They don't have the same power. And they don't, yeah, I don't think that they're doing, because Brit and Candy know, and I think it's this idea that they're girls who grew up watching, you know, Britney Spears kiss Madonna at the VMA and Girls Gone Wild and all that stuff. They know the culture and they know what's being projected onto them. So they're playing it up and they're getting power from that. I don't think that the women who are with Gucci Mane are doing that same manipulative thing. I think mm-hmm. they're genuinely just playing to what he wants. Right. Um, yeah, was there ever a moment where you pull back the curtain on Gucci Mane? I'm just trying to think, like, because that's definitely a big part of uh, Alien is, like, you assuming that he's, like, actually this great drug pin, but really he's just putting on mm-hmm. a performance. But Gucci Mane is always kind of... Well, He's the one who kind of points out that Alien is not a big... A big time. No, he says go back to doing white boy things and robbing spring breakers. Yeah. Yeah. I think also a big like a big part of this film though is like us versus them, where it's it's like you kind of only know about us but and you can only kind of idealize about them Mm. sort of thing. Like you see that like dichotomy played out in multiple ways with like race and gender and especially and then like even just like geographic like locations of where people are from, like sort of the different sex that people are with. Mm -hmm. So I think like that's part of it is like us not knowing about Gucci Mane is like sort of important mm. to f- to like give power to these two like other yeah. women to like I think it like m- sort of almost empowers their characters more where it's like Gucci Mane's character is very mysterious and could be like this really like as far terrible, as they know yeah as right. far as they know he's like could be this really terrible guy or they could be like oh he's just like alien and they're laughing at him in like their heads so I think like that's sort of where the audience like that ambiguity is there for the audience to step in and sort of like try and piece together like how their psyche is working yeah but i do think that alien like aliens clearly trying to prove something to someone the fact that when we first really meet alien he sets up that like he is was the only white kid like whatever and everyone in his family is dead and he's you know basically like he should not necessarily i don't think he feels like he's supposed to he has to earn the right to be there yeah and like i i think it's clear the insecurities he has and i think you could even say that like maybe in the movie gucci main is supposed to like take to this more naturally well i think also like just on like like on like the part of like harmony korean as like director and writer i think it was like important that he included like a black gangster like i think that was necessary for this film like whether there's like a deeper meaning to that or just like as like seb you're stating earlier how it's like a document of a specific culture mm-hmm. like you can't deny that that is part of like gangster oh, culture and yeah. you can't deny that that is like that's a huge cultural part of like florida specifically yeah. right. um 
like looking at that so i think like that could also just be like part of his role yeah it's just like well i oh i think yeah i think alien is and alien is also a character inspired by riff raff yeah who's this like weird white rapper guy mm. and i think alien is like the really neon tr- icon yeah 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 <laughs> trying to like mm, yeah prove to people that he is just as like whatever as his peers but he isn't and i think that's why the girls like can manipulate him and it's not that i don't know obviously we don't know the dynamic between gucci main and those other two women but i don't gucci main never displays the same level of insecurity that mm-hmm, alien mm-hmm. does because yeah, yeah he seems like he's confident in the role he's playing whereas alien even the idea that like he has Scarface on on repeat, like <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about and that. And I think that <laughs> when you, I think <laughs> that, that is really relevant to race too, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. like this is the gangster movie that he, I guess, sees himself in is just watching yeah. Scarface over and over again. Alien just wants to belong in that space so bad. Yeah, he reminds it, me of a, a much more extreme version of the guy in Blind Spotting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh what's that character's name i don't, I don't remember. remember miles miles yeah and how miles feels like he needs to like act extra like just everything that he is like just do it to the extreme right so that he can really prove that he belongs in that space that's kind of alien oh yeah for sure and then i think the way the girls use that insecurity and also i mean definitely there is a i think a use but like disregard of black culture within the film mm-hmm. even when they're at the strip club and all the strippers are black women and the way they're like using their bodies the girls almost like props i think and this came out around the same time as like the miley cyrus um hip-hop era and i think when those conversations started becoming like a thing but i I think uh i sorry what you can say no i don't mean cut you off i just i'm not sure how aware he is of those things oh like if you watch the beach bum He's doing the exact same stuff, but I don't know why. Like, I don't know what point it makes. Like, I mean, like using women's bodies as props. And And also when you get into stuff like that, it's like, yeah, you can present that. But without comment, it's kind of like. I mean, I'm not not necessarily giving credit to Harmony Corinne Mm -hmm. for making like statements. I just, I think. It's in there. I think it is less of him making a statement, but more of an observation that like, you know, in these spaces like white people being fascinated by but like ultimately like you know fearful of but yeah and also the way that they ignore their class about civil rights like i think Mm -hmm. that is important when Mm -hmm. you think about race in the movie because they're very much like glorifying what aspects of black culture but they that like in a way that is like commodified and they just want the like gains from it. I don't not giving Harmony Corinne necessarily the credit that he's making these like observations about mm-hmm. cultural appropriation, but like I think it's there's stuff there. Mm-hmm. And there is something to the idea of Alien as like this pathetic imitation of uh, Gucci Mane. Well, yeah. I mean, because he, that Riff Raff is a pathetic imitation of a rapper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably. <laughs> I don't think it's like it's got a couple hot tracks. I don't know if it's so I'm much sorry, based on riff, all riff, riff raff, fans. other than but other than the look and the voice and stuff. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't know what pissed. riff raff is like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean riff raff like, also did does have a history of uh, preying on underage women oh, okay. as well. So yeah. that might. I mean, I think that came out after the movie. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so does James Franco. Yeah. Right, <laughs> also, is, again, uh, like I don't very think unfortunate. that's. I don't think that's Harmony Corinne actually making a cultural like t- you know takedown. What having James Riff Franco Raff. in it? Oh, 
happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like it's a bit, that's yeah. a that was a thing I was thinking about during the movie. It's not it doesn't make the movie any worse, but it's just uh, it's an uncomfortable meta textual layer to it. Yeah, it's the best role for him ever. He's incredible He's in it. So good, it's, but in it's it. like yeah, yeah, it's a century plane. But see, the movie so. itself is a, there's a lot of meta stuff going on, and I think again the casting of those actresses yeah. is really insignificant. Yeah, well, Nara, you didn't like that. What did you think? Oh, about the casting, I didn't like it. I, like. I'm, I was fine with it. I was just like, this is so bizarre. It, I just thought it was really bizarre. <laughs> it was. I think it was really important. I think obviously from a marketing standpoint, but even before they had officially casted it, like the actresses they were looking at, I know Emma Roberts was considered and she was like another like child star like mm-hmm. breaking in. Like I think it was really significant that... Right. Um, and then he just like cast his wife in it. <laughs> yes. She's good. Yeah. This is just um, my take on like harmony korean as a person like looking at like maybe this film like maybe like i don't know if this is discrediting it but i was just sort of like thinking when you're talking about like whether he's making like comments on like society or whatever but i'm like he sort of has this like all his film actually i've only seen like gummo and part of trash humpers (laughs) um and then obviously spring breakers but it's sort of like a lot of his films i'm like does he actually care about making a comment about these sorts of cultures or making a comment about like society at the moment or is he just like this is something that is shocking mm-hmm. that can be like explored in an interesting way? Like, does he actually so, care about making a yeah. comment, or does he just care about like s- making something that's entertaining and also like not really realized? Like, I don't know if he's commenting on it or just like observing it. I think he likes to do like kids. A lot of people have like talked about it how there's an almost documentary style element to it because kids he wrote when he was like 19 and it very much is a look into these real horrifying like events that like were happening within like this community of like New York, like skateboarding kids. And the movie is very confusing because you can't tell if it's condemning the actions. But Mm -hmm. if you think about the way that the characters are punished in that film, I think that he, it's an observation and it maybe it's not a full on criticism but it's very much like there is a it's not like no bad acts go unpunished. Yeah. I think Spring Breakers is like hard because there isn't necessarily punishment. Well, it seems a little bit like they're celebrating it, but that would but I think that it was still a punishment at the end. That was I one thing that I don't think it's that, uh, but I don't think you have to punish the bad characters in yeah. order to condemn them. But uh, yeah. The it's interesting um that was one thing Seb and I were talking about after watching Beach Bum, where it's kind of like, you can't tell at times whether or not it's just observing and almost like making Lark fun of yeah. these characters, or if it actually does have like a genuine sense of like humanity. I think it does. And I really like Beach Bum and I really like Spring Breakers as well. But I definitely can see that point. I think a lot of people felt that way about this movie coming out. And actually, I had a question for you, Hannah, yeah. on that point. Mm-hmm. Um after you watched it the first time as a kid, what what did you kind of like think of the characters at the very end? You mentioned you came out of the theater and were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna um, F some F some <laughs> S up. It almost has like a, a Fight Club-esque quality yeah. where like you could come out of that and be like, Tyler Durden's girls. the dopest person. Like I wanna be more like Tyler, but the whole I point mean, of the movie is that I, I think <laughs> you shouldn't think that's cool. Like the first time I saw it, I think there was a deep miss understanding of it which i think sometimes just goes with being a young person seeing a movie that is about young people doing stuff um 
um, I remember not necessarily having a judgment, knowing what, that they were bad, but also not necessarily like having the perspective to really think too hard about it. I was more like just shocked yeah. than anything. Yeah. And then it just kind of became this movie that was like a joke to me. Like, I loved it, but I was like, lol. I, I hadn't given it as much like weight and thought um, until like later yeah. years, but we were. But that, that's inter. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. We were inter. Um, I was mentioning this before the we started recording to Nara, but um, for my friend's 17th birthday, we threw her a Spring Breakers themed surprise party <laughs> and we kidnapped her and we <laughs> ran around her backyard in neon bikinis with water guns and drank jello shots. And it was fun. <laughs> but also, it was completely besides the point. It's like that idea of like people completely misreading a movie and not like seeing the deeper kind of themes and glorifying what is being condemned, I guess. And I always just think about that as like, I don't think it's the filmmaker's fault. It's just an no. interesting thing. Like the same thing with like Wolf of Wall Street. You could totally look at that and be like, yeah. Oh, they're glorifying the guy, but I don't think they are at all. And also, it's like if you, like, if you want to watch Harmony Korine films, you really can't have that like need for him to like condemn everything because he will never do it. It's like I don't know. It's just not his thing. Can I jump in? Yeah. But something weird that I noticed is that like even though like this film isn't like outwardly like condemning this like lifestyle or this like these like faux like gangsters who like end up getting in too deep it kind of reminded me of like the film alpha dog and like that story do you familiar with that film no clue okay. alpha dog is just like it's a true story about I this kid it. who got wow, smart guy um who got like um kidnapped because his brother was like did some like oh people like a bunch of drug dealers a lot of money so then they kidnapped it's a true story so they kidnapped his brother and then his brother ended up just getting so caught off in lifestyle just because he liked the freedom and that film i think was sort of trying to condemn this lifestyle and condemn like sort of like the irresponsibility that you sort of get with power or like sort of like power tripping in a way and i think it sort of failed at it a little bit um, or at least I didn't get a sense of it as much as I did like with Spring Breakers, even though Spring Breakers was so much more ambiguous with that point. Um, but I don't know. That was just an observation that it's like, I think even though Spring Breakers is like not really making a statement, I think it's like almost works so like a lot better at like making you feel gross about this like culture just because it's so like, it's so like yeah. removed from it. Well, I was going to say that when you're talking about like, how it's kind of just observing it. I've seen a lot of movies that are kind of like just observing party culture or whatever that are so boring and have like nothing to say. And I think this is actually a really sharp humanistic movie. And I, I think it, it has empathy for the characters for wanting to go on spring break. Like you understand yeah. why they want to. And it's it's kind of fun when they do. But I think it's also about how like you can't chase those things forever. And I kind of felt like it was a movie by a guy who's kind of realizing he's getting older yeah and that he can't like like you have like one of the characters goes back to school because like she's been shot and she can't do this anymore so she just goes back to school i think yeah. that's part of the movie mm -hmm. also for the record i like alpha dog uh, it's a good movie <laughs> i just think it does not do its job as well as like, i think the murder in alpha dog is gut-wrenching oh like the end of it yeah. I think it's... Spoiler alert. Yeah, big spoiler, yeah, wow. actually. You, you okay. Can, that's you that's can the story. There's a murder. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, actually, that's huge. But I think that <laughs> y'all should think, watch Alpha Dog anyway. It's good. I think they make it clear at the beginning that there is a murder. Okay. Well, yeah, like it's that's based like, off a really big news story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably so, fine. Yeah. That's like being mad. Someone's like, uh, Alexander Hamilton dies at the end of <laughs> Hamilton. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's mentioned in the first song. Ne- that's, that's never listened to Hamilton. <laughs> never read a history textbook. So sue me. Have you ever looked at an American $10 bill? Not in a while. You have looked at it before? I don't think I've ever looked at an American like, $10 bill. What do you mean? Like held Just one? Just held one. Yeah. I lived in America. Do you remember? Humble We were all watching <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. No. And we were like oh, debating we over... Uh, what we felt about Jesus in the movie. Yeah. And we kind of were like, oh, he's actually a good guy. And somebody was like, yeah, I hope nothing bad happens to him. <laughs> Who said that? I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I kind of hate Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, he's kind of a dick in He's kind of a little bitch. Well, like, he may, it, it, I get it. I think you understand. Yeah, I empathize. I'm, yeah, I feel yeah, bad but for Jesus. I feel, I feel bad for Judas. Poor yeah. Judas gets Judas is a way better. Yeah. Judas, Judas is a way better character. He's also really hot in that yeah, movie. He's, he's pretty hot. <laughs> he's a fox. <laughs> Jesus is kind of hot. Yeah, but. Uh, when he hits that really high note. <laughs> <laughs> Every other time he's not that hot. When I'm like, oh man, you're an amazing singer. Okay. Um, Should we wrap this up now? That well, we're... I want to ask, what's whack about this movie? What's the wackest element? That should that should be a segment. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, the wackest element. I, I I stand by my opinion that it is the casting. The casting makes sense, like from a commercial standpoint, but I think just like as a cultural moment it was whack did you like what did you you just think like they shouldn't be in this no i didn't think they shouldn't be (laughs) in this i just think it's so strange like i also looking at like now vanessa hudgens is doing like hallmark christmas movies princess which baby princess which coming out this year shame that these four aren't in everything after this movie actually i think they're all really good like i just think it's so weird that to see like what where like specifically like selena gomez and vanessa hudgens started they go to this and they haven't really done anything like like it since i don't think it's their fault though like yeah. it's not their fault it's just like such a weird i am surprised that they didn't get more uh quote-unquote adult roles after this well, or I... like weirder roles like i i would have thought they would you see it and you go it's yeah like the they'd be like Kristen big stars. stewart right now yeah. well, that, like even if they're not anything? like a star it's just like doing like weirder stuff i think it's hard i don't know like you didn't think so well i don't know i don't think I don't this know if they're getting seen. offered like yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah i don't know if it's their fault or not but mm-hmm. i don't i didn't watch this movie and think like oh they'd be like a hollywood a-list star i thought more like oh they're gonna do weird stuff but they were all the thing is, is vanessa hutchins and selena gomez already were hollywood a-list stars and like Selena Gomez has this thing where she's... B-less. No, she was the most followed person on Instagram until really recently. She's still really? has a huge fan base with the younger people. Mm, it's not A-list, though. No, she's... But she can't headline Wait. a movie. But I mean, she can't headline oh, yeah. a movie. She never headlined a yeah, movie. Yeah, but being the top followed on Insta, that's but, pretty but, but it's because she's... Who's number one now? Uh, I think it's Aria. No, well, the most followed is Cristiano Ronaldo or something. But I mean, like, I'm sure Chris Hemsworth has a ton of followers. He can't open a movie that's on yeah. Thor. Yeah, Selena Gomez, uh, I don't know if she's ever going to be, like, uh, the leading movie star. Also, also she hasn't, like, I think she's good in the things that she does, but people don't take her serious. But also the thing is, like, as an artist, even though she's a pop 
artist like even if you watch some of her music videos like they're really interesting mm. yeah like also her most recent one like references a bunch of like jean-luc godard films which is like such a weird thing for her to just like i'm gonna reference these to my fan base who like probably like three percent of them actually will understand the reference and maybe care about it well same with like she did a bunch of collaborating with um petra collins and like they put yeah. out this really weird music video and the song was actually featuring gucci Mane. um oh wow yeah um and it was fucking weird but i loved it it was really pretty it's cool um yeah i don't know i i kind of love selena gomez but like yeah i thought gucci Mane was pretty good too so we right. get to do very much he's had a presence He's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I just I think the core <laughs> cast really killed it, and I don't think that that's what people talk about when they talk about that yeah. movie. Yeah, for I, sure. Like, and that's part of. I mean, fucking Vanessa Hudgens blows me away in it because yeah, she is so scary. Like, she yeah. scares me. She's just gives into this hedonistic. Like, I don't know. Yeah. She actually didn't really stand out to me until halfway through, after, like from the gun thing on. Mm-hmm. I thought that actually the. Uh, like selena gomez really stands out obviously there she's like the perspective character for most of it and then when she goes the other people get the chance to shine but before that i thought they were kind of they all like did everything in a pack they don't really have any scenes i don't know i don't know i thought ashley benson was really good yeah she's really good at being looking bored almost mm-hmm. in throughout all of it which is also scary the way they react to alien and how that evolves i thought was very interesting yeah hmm um also like james franco does crush it in this movie mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately. I, I mean that's the wackest element for me i already said it it has nothing to do with the movie but yeah. that's just mm-hmm. the hardest thing to get over while watching it yeah i feel like this was an easy movie to watch james franco in because he's just scum yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah fair enough they're not trying to make him cool it's yeah. not like they were trying to like it's just the, speci- the specifics of how similar it is to like how he actually is in real life oh, that's mm-hmm. fair same with palo alto he casted himself in palo alto as a teacher that like fucks his students it's really weird yeah <laughs> it's weird <laughs> that's it. and he directed that too, no right? he didn't but he wrote oh, okay. the book <laughs> oh god <laughs> Uh. <laughs> that's so much worse yeah uh. i think yeah. the wackiest thing is that you know hollywood mainstream or weird art stuff that these actors didn't get to do anything after this really yeah. like almost nothing of note yeah, yeah. I mean, selena gomez did the dead don't die recently but mm. she was barely in that mm-hmm. and it wasn't good it's cool that uh the movie yeah you didn't like the movie it's okay I like that. Don't die. It's cool that um, something so art housey and weird was able to cross over into the mainstream, yeah. and that it actually did become a big event. I can't actually think of a movie since then that was that like that art housey that became that much of an event. And I think yeah. it really does. Um, uh, sorry. Maybe. Well, I guess it's that's as weird or as extreme as this. Maybe. Yeah, there's some stuff that's like big and is weird but also but. The, the like the thing with this is that it's like you like i think it has is like one of the biggest like art housey type of weird things like no matter how extreme something is but like for me as like a 10 year old who like it was kind of on my like it wasn't really on my radar but being aware of it yeah like as a 10 year old yeah. it's like there are gonna be weird things and i think like if you're young if you're like under the age of like 12 
you won't remember it or you won't think about it but like the fact that i so clearly remember there being so much like promotion mm-hmm. for this like there were like posters yeah. in like young dundas square and stuff for it mm-hmm. that mask became a big thing yeah, yeah. everyone oh, wear yeah. those balaclavas. i'm gonna be a spring breaker for halloween next year i decided um, um you're gonna get cold but, but i feel like <laughs> the I, cultural consensus on this now is that that was like when I talked to people, I talked to some of my coworkers about today. They're like, "Yeah, it was a really weird movie." That's yeah. what everyone they still says. Like dislike it. It's not that weird. I was gonna say, but earlier, it's weird because I, all most of the people that I know that have seen this movie more than once and that like actually are willing to like watch it and talk about it are women. Mm-hmm. Most of the men I know are just were just like mm-hmm. hate it. I think it's. Like and maybe people should rewatch it and maybe they should revisit it. But I know a lot of men that were just like, "This was trash. This was bad." And that's weird because I feel like Harmony Korine supposed to be a bit of like a guy's like bit of a bro film, right? He filmmaker. is a bit of a bit of a bro filmmaker. But he's a but like that's art like bro. But that's yeah. the for the art bros, yeah. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, not yeah, for the general <laughs> bros. I also think um, it seems a little less weird now in 2019 because i've seen a, a lot of like especially Imitators. student filmmakers yeah. that have like really yeah, tried sure. to do the same thing mm-hmm. and it's really hard to pull off like some they, this movie could have been terrible and i think for a lot of people it does feel super like it's just a music video it's right. all this montage happening the entire time there's barely any real scenes like and that could be totally annoying to watch and i also have seen so many filmmakers try and replicate that Bad. so it yeah, and not well because it is a really tough thing to do. So, yeah, I can see how it feels less weird in 2019. But seeing that in 2012 yeah, for me, I was like, oh, I haven't really seen well, a feature film like this. It was almost yeah, marketed same. as te- two teens. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was almost like, oh, yeah. Like people thought it was just going to be like a regular movie. I well, think it was. I mean, when you think about the casting, yeah. I, the importance of those actresses in this movie. Mm-hmm was only four people in our generation but i think removed from all that stuff watching it now like if you watched it in like 30 years if you showed your kids you'd go like oh these actors were teen stars and they go oh interesting yeah well no like, I know. but I, yeah at the time it was like this huge thing but i think the movie stands on its own without think, all that stuff i think so too and i think at, at the same time it really and maybe it's because of my personal experiences with the movie, but I really think it marks a cultural moment too, Mm -hmm. which was this almost transition from the really trashy popular culture of the early aughts into the 20 whatevers Mm -hmm. when things got a bit more like arty and we started having conversations about like the kind of media we were watching and how it represented like Mm -hmm. women and like race. And I, I do think that did come at a time i don't know for me where it was like miley is twerking and and like i'm starting to talk about feminism and then there's this movie that i uh, really confuses me with what it's trying to say about all of these things and there's all these mixed messages and it's also like brightly colored and stars like disney channel i don't know it really it marks it's specific time in my life and this i don't know how to talk about it necessarily from an objective standpoint because it has such cultural significance for me yeah well you also i think i don't think you mentioned this on the pod i think you mentioned it uh in a conversation we had uh months ago but (laughs) (laughs) that uh for a lot of people even like at our school it felt like the first time seeing something just like really outside of the 
like where we all kind of watched something so outside of the box at the same time and started having a conversation about something that was so like yeah. just from a pure like art perspective just so different and weird and i think it really did open up a lot of people to like alt cinema in a cool way yeah. I don't know if that was just in our school's experience I mean, or if that crossed over. I'd never heard of Harmony Karim before this movie. Like, as I, God, I shouldn't, thankfully hadn't seen any of his movies before then. I was way too young. I think, yeah, I did introduce, it's a fucking weird movie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, I was going to say also, but before I watched this film, I was hanging out with my friend who he is like, like his introduction and like his interest in cinema was peaked like through harmony korean i was like mentioning that i was gonna watch this film and he's like yeah like i there hasn't been a film like that or like as extreme as that that is like as popular that has been made and his sort of like general consensus on the film is like this is verbatim like what he said he's like people need to make more fucked up films like which i think is like kind of true that it's like i think now there's a lot it's not safe i think it's just sort of like even if people are trying to be like arty, like it's all very like sellable. Mm -hmm. It's all very like either like the like aesthetic of it is sellable or like the message of it may be sort of like more extreme or more political, but it is sellable because we're in a culture that really like wants that. You see Sorry to Bother You. I did see Sorry to Bother You, which is like pretty fucked up, but I don't think it's like, I think the mark, because it wasn't as marketed as this, it doesn't really as Sorry to Bother You does take political stances that this movie avoids. Mm -hmm. Yeah much more direct like this yeah. and i think that is one of the things that people might not like or feel really uncomfortable about this movie is that it's not telling them how to feel straight mm-hmm. up yeah. you have to kind of come up with that consensus is there an alternate podcast someone's doing somewhere else where they got the complete opposite of this because Absolutely. we're just reading into what i think all this stuff is there yeah, but that's what, that's what it, but it I'm saying, your, though. It doesn't hold your hand with it. It doesn't feel no, the need to punish the characters. No, but if you read reviews, like, people... I've heard people say it's a feminist manifesto. That was what one review said. And others were saying how misogynistic it is. People, if it's not spoon-feeding it to you, I think a lot of people yeah. find it very uncomfortable because it is so... It's not telling you what to think. And yeah. its content is so immoral that it's, like, really hard for people to digest. Right. Yeah. I definitely had that trouble with it the first time. Same. And I had that trouble with um beach bum also yeah like seb those are the only Same. two I've, I've seen but yeah i definitely had that trouble both times because i'm not used to seeing films that are so just yeah. not direct with like yeah. not it's not leading you in a direction it's yeah. like this is what i'm doing and and come on board you're like am i the type of person that enjoys <laughs> watching this kind of stuff like seeing bad things happen but i don't I, like i don't know it's weird i actually think it's a kind movie though and i think that's so interesting what you said about how there being a, a shift around that time of like popular culture becoming or mainstream culture becoming a bit nicer because I think it did happen one year earlier 21 Jump Street came out mm-hmm. and the big central joke in that is that Channing Tatum is going back to high school and he can't be a bully anymore yeah. because it's much cooler to be nice and I feel like that happened where it's like suddenly everyone's like watching something like Moonlight like like, even teens watch that. What's well, David telling? I mean, the biggest franchise of the last 10 years is all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. which aren't always nice, but, like, they definitely have a veneer of friendship. Everything's and, nice. It's yeah. all about friendship. They have, like, We're strong, all, moral, like, yeah, we grounded. All, come on. We all love each v- other. Very light tone. Yeah. yeah. Everything's just a good time. Yeah. yeah. But maybe maybe that's not what we need. But in the 2000s, <laughs> everything was dark and gritty yeah. and stuff. And, and yeah. like, also, like, 
There'll probably be a shift back. Edgy. Well, it was also like post-feminist, right? It was coming off of the 80s and the 90s. So when people decided feminism didn't matter anymore, that's when you started having like these like over-sexualized images of women, which I think Spring Breakers takes and then kind of flips on it. It Mm. gives them power um, in a weird way. I don't know, but then it's weird looking at it now from a perspective when feminism is back in the mainstream. I don't know. I think it's also like another thing that you were saying about how it like is such like a cultural like signifier is I was thinking I was like if this movie was made like now or made in the 90s I think it'd be very easily consumable like I think people would very much like it wouldn't be as shocking as it was for its time mm-hmm. maybe but kids came out in the mid 90s and that movie was a fucking like but kids much or, more extreme I think I think yeah, also like no. I think also, like, just because of stylistically how this film looks, because everything about it is extreme. Like, kids, I've only seen parts of it, but because kids is, like, the story's extreme, but, like, visually it's not as, like, hyped yeah, up. It's, like, gritty. I think it's, like, gritty, like, is maybe why it's so shocking and so hard to take, but how this film is, like, everything is over the top and everything's extreme. It Or, like, even... It might have been very well perceived if it wasn't an American film, like if it was made as like a European film or like even yeah. like an Asian film, like if it was made like out of like Hong Kong or something, it might be like well received. But I think because of like the time and the place that it was made in is why it's so shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also might be wrong here, but my understanding is this was a semi-independent movie that was given a big push by a major studio is that what happened I that's know. what it felt like that, so that would make sense it was an a24 film it was one of the oh, first this was, oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was their first, first one. one i totally yeah. forgot about this that. and yeah. the bling ring were two of their like oh really early movies i totally so forgot about that film yeah because right that's huge though because yeah. that became like that's, that's really now. the only um like big independent studio yeah. where they're giving like, like the most well-known one at least and, that where they're yeah. giving like a tour filmmakers like a mid-sized budget to make something yeah and also weird and i feel like they're consistently yeah i guess out the also. most notable of like indie yeah, I guess cinema Annapurna. let's talk let's talk about one thing <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the difference with a24 from from something like annapurna or plan b is that they're I feel like more explicitly marketed to young people. Yeah. They're yeah, like these big yeah, events. Yeah. Those ones always feel like event movies. Also, yeah. like, you know you get excited when there's a new A24 movie coming yeah. out. Which I feel I, like I've stopped. I've stopped. Really? And, and mid, when I went to Midsummer, people got really excited just seeing the logo. Yeah. It was like, that's what they were coming it for. It means I feel something. Like, yeah. like, I follow them on Instagram. That's it, weird. Anytime an A24 movie comes out, I feel like it's getting a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the film circles I run and people are just very excited about they it. They have put some pretty fucking, like, <laughs> Yeah, they got a great track record. I think they've, like, dropped off the like a24 like clip i'm just like wow like, well like i think i think i think now i just know everything's gonna be good so i don't feel the need to like, <laughs> it off as much. i'm just like yeah, there's, there's no stakes <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's i don't like want to see the movies because i know they're gonna be good yeah. <laughs> like i don't want to watch them I'm like, <laughs> also yeah maybe i think that's why i think i'm just like i know it's gonna be good like let's not like overhype it like we know this studio is like, but it's not like they're good and they're doing the same thing no, like if it not, was like if they were bumping out the same kind of movies every yeah. time i'd be like okay well but it's i know nice they're gonna to be know good that quality. you have that there's someone you can trust out there which is what yeah, 24 yeah. feels like to me <laughs> that's true that. but like obviously i don't i i'm sure not everything they put out is good or yeah no they good. they put out woman walks ahead which is but which is dun dun dun. <laughs> it's like not. But it is nice to know generally, like they know my taste and yeah. what I might like, mm-hmm. and they're gonna give me something. Especially like in a movie culture where like mid-sized budget films are shrinking. Yeah, 
uh it's just cool that there's a studio out there that like, like an adult like i go see the farewell yeah. and then like, oh. yeah i'm like oh my god i, I guess so those smart. are still low budget movies they're not really mid-budget even but they feel mid-budget. they feel more mid i think is this whack was sponsored by <laughs> a24 is the studio of the decade yeah. culturally because it was like here's art movies yeah. for young people and what a movie to start that like reputation yeah on. yeah that was huge Crazy. it was it's kind of the first art movie f- that a lot of people yeah, in our totally. generation saw because it was marketed as a party movie yeah yeah interesting also i just want to say i saw a lot of like things in it that like reminded me of persona which i'm not going to get into the podcast <laughs> wow. we can talk about it later what <laughs> i mean at least say something nah <laughs> No, no, make one Please. comparison. <laughs> okay. well, Otherwise, I could just say. Our viewers, <laughs> the idea of like moments being repeated with different context or from mm-hmm. different perspectives reminds me of that scene where they tell the story twice. And also... Reminds me of Rashomon. The idea, in, <laughs> in Persona, the idea that the women almost start to mirror each other. There's an interchangeability to the Spring Breakers, especially yeah. at the start. Well, to I and also to I think Vanessa Hudgens and, and Ashley Benson's, Benson's characters. Yeah. yeah. Right, and then like I don't know if Persona is supposed to have a queer subtext, but like it kind of feels like it does, and I think Spring Breakers does as well. Well, it's sort of I don't know if you could call it subtext. But I, there is arguments. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it just, wasn't super. I don't think it was trying to be reminiscent of Persona. It just was <laughs> to me. Anyway. No, that's so, cool. A hot take, which is not at all what I think was trying to happen in either of those films. But this is just what I had to like talk about Persona in my film class, and I hated it. Um, <laughs> you hated Persona? I, it's just fine. It's like very fine to me. Um, but I was also just like, all these people One were like, greats. yeah, it's so deep about like how these two women are mirroring each other because they're trapped together. I'm like, it could also just be that men are not very good at writing like distinct female <laughs> characters. <laughs> so like it was an accident? Like, but, yeah, like not no like not necessarily. I just think it's like, like I don't think it's like that with Spring Breakers. I think it was more so like for me and Persona. I would buy that um, more with Spring Breakers than Persona. Really? Yeah, Persona, Persona seems so intense. That's also what the movie's about. Like I get, yeah. I, but I'm also just like, when you like get deeper into like research about like ingmar bergman i'm just sort of like so but yeah that was just like my take on like after like researching it i was like i don't like this guy so now we sound like actual like film i'll go on the record i'm not crazy about persona he's also (laughs) not good persona uh, good or bad ingmar bergman's also not really good at distinguishing seals either (laughs) (laughs) what like he doesn't even give the the seventh one a name the seventh seal at that point like come on what are we doing here just doesn't have any senses so we can't distinguish we're losing our um accessibility here <laughs> this is becoming too niche. I explained the seventh seal joke. Okay. <laughs> came I'm just saying we gotta cool it with the Bergman jokes. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll do like a series that's just like really niche. Just about Only seal. listen. <laughs> I like the seventh seal for the record. <laughs> um, All right, let's revisit our whackness rating from the beginning of the podcast. I believe Nara was the only one who said it was whack. I said it was kind of whack in a good way, and Seb and Hannah both had not whack. So let's go back around the circle. Hannah, where are you standing? Um, 
I think when we think about the context of this specific film and the way that it is often labeled as whack, I am going to say it is not whack because it does not, it is not whack in the way that people are often arguing it is. So I will give it a not whack. I will say that it is, um, it is a whack enthusiast. Is what is whack positive? But wha- <laughs> I don't know. Seb, uh, <laughs> uh, I think if I was like tr- gonna show this to someone, I don't think I would even go. This is a really weird movie. I would go like some of the content is very extreme, but I don't think the way it's made or like some of the editing maybe. But I think this is a this is not only a great movie. I don't think it's a super unconventional movie. Um, I think the film itself is not whack like just watching it in a vacuum of like no history exists but I think like in the context which it was like made and released it like would seem pretty whack Adam (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I don't, I don't think it's whack. I agree with uh, what Hannah said. Like, people think that it's whack in uh, certain ways that I definitely don't think it's whack. I think it's actually really smart. Um, but there's some pretty unconventional stuff that, that I would disagree with, Seb. And I think that uh, there's, some, there's some whackness to it. But great flick. I really like it. I'm really glad that I rewatched it because I, I didn't want to hold on to my opinion from grade 11. Whenever this movie got brought up, I was like, I didn't really like it at the time, but I want to watch it again. So I'm glad that Hannah brought it forward for uh, this episode of the podcast and that I got to watch it again. Do we want to do numbers? Yeah, let's fire up the wackometer. Wait, can we each give it a number? Are we Are we going to do the average of all of our, our numbers is how wack it is? Yeah, I guess so. Out of what number? Out of five. five. Okay. I'm going to give it a two. A two on the wackometer Which is... What, what oh, do we want to leave? No, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what? Here, we're going to... Come up with that rating. Uh, um, I'm going to give it a 2.7. Um, I was going to go with 2.5. Well, I'm going to give it... <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I could... But also... <laughs> That noise makes it impossible to edit around anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it a three on the whack of meter do for a me. Three? Give it a three, which is a lukewarm <laughs> whackness. Plus two points. Plus two. Oh, what's our average rating? Our on average that one? is two point five five out of five. Wow, wow, smack dab in the middle, so not whack. Well, gosh darn it! Whack. It just is. It just exists. It is a movie. So you're saying that's for weird. Weird that we have like such a lukewarm rating for a movie. Yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> no, but that's not the rating isn't how we think of the yeah, movie. It's yeah, it's not fondness. It's just it's whackness. whackness. I'd give it like a four or a four point five if we were just rating it. But yeah, it's um, definitely one we're of my favorite movies. I give it a five. I give it a three on Letterboxd. 
but we're not talking about how much we like it we're talking about how whack it is and that's the fun of this podcast and for this first episode <laughs> we picked a movie that we didn't think was whack or not whack. <laughs> it is a, if you want this a whack movie don't watch this if you want a not so whack movie so now that we've set the got the bar very low we can only improve from here we gotta find something whack we have the mid range now that you have, we have to get the two ends of yeah. the boundaries of whack yeah spring breakers is a 2.5 yeah so we're gonna get really weird we actually are gonna get really weird yeah in next episode yeah, yeah. okay so, so come back what, what are we talking about on the next episode of is it whack i guess the next episode we're recording is head from 1968 the monkeys movie Ooh. which was my pick yeah um, and then after that say. we're watching veggie tales <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we're not recording that though. very we're just, whack we're just watching veggie tales tonight yeah we're gonna we'll, 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 we'll give that to, a six yeah <laughs> we'll get to veggie tales at some point in the pod <laughs> We're gonna Thank get the God. We need some more sure. Christian content. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we sign off? And should somewhere? we should we sign off? Should we should we yeah. plug the social who, plug plug in? Do we say that we were from Insomniac? I don't know if we did. <laughs> no, we definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting sleepy. That's the end. Um, thanks. I'm Nara. I'm Adam. I've been Hannah. I'm Seb. We're from Insomniac Film Festival. Follow us on Instagram. Attend the festival in August. <laughs> I forgot July. what it was. Yeah, you can catch Veggie Tales. It's usually July. On... At Insomniac Fest. That's our Instagram. And where you can also catch Veggie Tales. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be live on our new streaming tales. service. <laughs> Veggie Tales. Veggie Plus. <laughs> uh, spring Break Forever. Can we all say it at the same yeah. time? To end can we say it like how he says it? Spring break. Spring break break forever. forever. Wow. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Is It Whack? It's pretty great, right? Is It Whack is produced by Insomniac Film Festival. To learn more about us, go to insomniacfestival.com or follow Insomniac Fest on Instagram. Our art is by Emma Kudlack. Thanks, Emma. And our theme music is by Ian Mills. Thanks, Ian. Come back next week. We're going to be talking about Head, the uh, 1960-something movie. I don't know. It's pretty good. Or is it? Is it whack? I don't know. Let's find out next week. See you then.